welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast, a finals episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. Ethan and I are here recording after game one. I guess it's a day after. We've been able to think about it a little bit more. And Ethan, what are you thinking, man? I'm not sure what the score is. Um, I don't know where we're at in the world podcast standings. Um, I think we're ahead, and so I'm going to just take my time and – not, not actually get to the point of this podcast and keep using words that don't mean anything. Oh, oh, oh no, Richard, we just lost our listeners. Oh, we lost them. Oh, we, we pulled a JR. Oh, come on, man. Well, if you, if you came here to avoid JR, you're probably not going to succeed in that. We'll, we'll talk about him a little bit. But before we get to JR's blunder, Ethan, we had a game. Had a game. We had a good game. Had a really interesting, fun to watch, um, ultimately frustrating ending, but very enter- entertaining game. I was, t- I told you, you told you texted me when you got home, but you had to DVR this. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was doing. I literally did a really, really good job because I, I had a basketball practice I had to help out with, and so I recorded it via YouTube TV. Uh, yeah, throw, throwing them out there, although they got enough love in the NBA Finals. They're one of the big, big sponsors there, but I recorded it. And uh, I was, I texted you when I was coming home. I don't know what time it was, but I was able to fly through it. I actually thought I had missed it because YouTube TV recorded it and ended at regulation. It went into overtime, but they were nice and they even like recorded the next thing after for me so that I wouldn't have to miss it. So wow. thank you, thank you, YouTube TV. Coming in the clutch, unlike George Hill. Yeah, George Hill, buddy. Um... Kind of rude for the guy. I mean, he's from Indiana. He played IUPUI. He's played great defense. Been that like kind of secondary player for a lot of teams. And um, man, you gotta make free throws, buddy. Indiana staple. You make your free throws, man. So let, 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 you know, let's go ahead and, and begin by actually let's focus in on that on that last uh, last few possessions in. in in overtime, before overtime, last of regulation. Uh, before we get to all that stuff, interesting call that happened on um, on the Cavs' defensive end with LeBron sliding into uh, and in front of Kevin Durant, uh, initially called a charge, which um, you know is your least favorite call of all time. Mm-hmm. And then they went back and looked at it and then reversed the call to uh, a blocking foul on LeBron James, which uh, a lot of Cavaliers were, were upset about, reports right. say, after the game. Ethan, what were your thoughts on, on that whole thing that transpired there? Well, to be honest, I when I saw they were reviewing it, I was like, oh, well, they can, just, they can only review if he stepped on the restricted line. Right. So he's fine. Um, then I hear, you know, them talking about it in the broadcast. I'm like, oh, no, this, he's, this is going to get overturned. Like, this yeah. is definitely not going to stand. Because as is almost all block charge calls, it's almost always a block. Just mm-hmm. like, almost always. And I, I, I stand by in, in defense. If LeBron just would have put his hands up and looked like he was actually playing defense, that call does not get overturned. So that's my message to all the kids out there. If you actually look like you're playing defense, you might actually get those calls. And then a charge is completely fine. But, like, man, I, I've heard some pundits, like, go off on this. And – um. I, I think it is a weird rule that, like, this random moment in the game, this is when you can review. But I understand its purpose. 
But the, I think the execution was poor because there was no way anyone could have thought he was actually the restricted error, which is what triggered the review. Yeah, and, and it doesn't get triggered just by them saying, oh, well, maybe we missed that call on whether it was a charge or a block. Maybe LeBron was sliding or not. That's not what triggers it. It's it's the LeBron's – we think LeBron's foot may have been on the line, maybe. Let's go check that out. And then we're allowed to open it up to whatever else happens to be there. This is kind of a new thing that they've yeah. uh, that they've instituted. And, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of controversy uh, about that. And essentially what people have come to the decision of is – well, it probably shouldn't have been able to be reviewed because LeBron was really nowhere near the restricted area, but it really was a block. I thought it was a block in real time, but like you said, um, like especially like a lot of these calls are blocks, but especially when you're able to slow it down in slow motion, you know those ones like you're, you're, it's you're going to be able to see that that block is happening. He's sliding uh, as that's happening underneath yeah. KKD. I mean, that's just my thoughts in general. Like, I mean, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a big freedom of, of movement guy. And, like, so I, I want defenses to not grab and hold and, and attack each other. And, you know, like they're, like they're about to, you know, go into a UFC octagon. But, like, you know, I understand that I, the purpose of the charge calling an offensive foul because you need to protect the defensive player, you know, in certain scenarios. But I'm always going to be in defense, um, on the, the side of if you slide over and like and have your hands like covering your nuts, I'm not okay with that, with that form of defense. I understand the concept. Protect yourself or, or maybe just, you know, find a better way to finesse defense. Like you got to go up with your hand, the hands up. Like that's how you play defense. And that's what frustrates me the most about this because I genuinely feel if he jumps up with it, it just slides over and puts his hands up, it's a charge. Even if he's sliding because he's actually like making an effort to play defense, or if he jumps, like no one would have ever thought his feet were on the line. Like if you go up straight and jump, it, it, it's out of the contest. If you actually play defense, the things does does not have to come down to calls nearly yeah. as often. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's, it's all right. So so that happens. Um, you know, whatever the it ends up being a tie game after Kevin Durant makes both those free throws. Uh, LeBron and Steph Curry. Uh, trade two point shots. Uh, although Curry then comes down and you know gets an and one. Uh, you know, I don't, Kevin Love just just bad bad defense by Kevin Love. I mean, not. I mean, I feel like he did well to like slide uh-huh. over, but once you were beat, you should have just either you, you got yeah. go up, you go up straight. You don't mm-hmm. you don't swat. Kevin Love, you're not a shot blocker. Like that's one of the things you have to learn if you're going to actually play in like even in the rec league. Mm-hmm. You know, YMCA style. You know running clock stuff if you're not a shot blocker it's about defensive positioning because there actually are fouls called yeah so then warriors up one lebron goes down there's under 24 seconds left shot clock's off uh lebron's dribbling down now as he's going down golden golden state ends up like doubling lebron right when he gets past half court he fires it off to the side and he ends up getting it back but with, when that happened, it let me know that the Warriors were really going to let anyone shoot other than LeBron. Like, they were going to make it the most difficult shot ever. And so when LeBron went to look to pass to George Hill, and, I, and I, I know I've heard, you know, Skip Bayless out of, you know, the Skip Bayless of the world and to give LeBron grief for not being the one to take the shot. The Warriors were going to make that shot incredibly difficult on him. Like, he was, it was going to be a forced shot, and you're down one. And – him throwing the ball to George Hill on the back cut, like 
that was that was an open layup. Obviously, Clay Thompson ended up fouling. I think it's the right move there. Uh, what what did you think, Ethan? I mean, I I don't ever criticize someone for passing off for a layup. Mm-hmm. Like a layup is is the post is the shot you want over yes. anything, and um, is the right play. I mean, if I'm LeBron, I don't know. Like it's it's hard in those last situations. Like they didn't call a timeout. You don't want Golden State to set up their defense. Yeah, I would like in some scenarios. I like the idea of pushing for something easy if you can get it. I mean, they had the opportunity to take the last shot. So I, I understand everything conceptually, but. I don't know if I'm Ty Lue, I, I want to have something already set up. Like, all right, it's ISO LeBron or this, and I feel mm-hmm. like the or this was not established in that in that scenario because it did look a little chaotic, even just like trying to save LeBron from the double earlier. So I, I love the opportunity they got, but I think there could have been something done to be more prepared for it. That's true. Um, anyway, so so LeBron gets uh, you know gets the foul call for George Hill and making that pass. Clay Thompson fouled him. And George Hill, like you mentioned, two shots to, to take the lead. When he made the first shot, you and I both, we were, we were talking after the fact, like we both like, oh, that looked ugly. Like it didn't look like it was going to go in the first one. It looked like he was super nervous. And then he comes up alligator arm short on the second one. And J.R. Smith gets the board in traffic. And if J.R. Smith does something, you know, reasonable with the basketball afterward if he if he's aware of the time and cleveland's able to get another look and even perhaps make it we're giving kevin durant a lot a lot of grief because the game that he that he played was kind of medium i don't know like it wasn't the best game by his standards uh granted he's tasked with guarding lebron but he just left a like he was the one who allowed jr smith to get that rebound yeah no the uh the Cavs. Did incredibly well on the offensive boards. They had 19 for the game, and mm-hmm. I felt like a lot of those came at the expense of Kevin Durant yeah. being lazy and not boxing out. Uh, Looney was is default too. Like I'm not. It's not just a Kevin Durant thing. It's it's a Warriors thing in general because they want to. They want that one guy to grab the rebound and then be off and running, trying to get some transition p- buckets against a, a lack lackluster Cavs defense. But the most important thing in a, to a defensive possession is securing the rebound. Unless you're going to get a steal every time, which is not not going to happen, and you know it was Looney, it was it was Durant, it was um, it was all the bigs. No, no one really just dominated from an from a defensive rebounding standpoint, and I feel like that's what allowed the Cavs to stay in this game um, for more like a multi that, that reason probably more than anything else other than LeBron James factor. Yeah, I mean also pretty ridiculous stat like any everyone who got legitimate minutes other than Kyle Korver got an offensive rebound. Like that's pretty that's just ridiculous. Like yeah, and that shows a level of activity that the Cavs were showing. Like that that's not not their MO at it by any means. Yeah, I mean other than Tristan Thompson who's a beast on the offensive boards like the, outside of him they don't. That's not really that something that they emphasize. But w- against the Warriors, I think it's something that you need to continue continue to emphasize because people will say, "Oh, well, you know, you got to watch the transition defense." They can't go in transition unless they secure the rebound, and especially with a team that does have the tendency to like this transition offense, they may be more lax in getting those offense, getting those defensive boards, allowing you to get the offensive boards. So I really like that uh, effort from from the Cavs uh, in this game. Um, but then, you know, 
But but the JR decision. But the let's, JR. <laughs> let's not let's not overlook this. Um, there's so much to to break down that play. I was looking at some steel photos of it and just like how the Warriors were like panicking when the, when he JR had the ball, and like first of all JR could have rebounded and instant in, like instantaneously went right back up with it two points. You know it's not the it's not the lead you want against the Warriors who can make any three, but it's a lead you need. Yeah. It. Um. When he's dribbling out, maybe you're thinking, okay, he's going to swing to LeBron. LeBron does get to take his game winner. But the craziest thing, I saw a still photo, and then, like, um, I also watched the video. When JR's dribbling out, and once he clears the three-point line, the, Clay Thompson wasn't even going with him. Uh-huh. They were immediately running to LeBron and not let him get the ball. And if JR just, like, took a, a half a second to pause <laughs> and just fire, like, you got – like, Jared Smith makes the most ridiculous shots. Mm-hmm. I think there's, like, at least a 25% chance that shot goes in. Yeah. As, as, as the great uh, – what is it? Wayne Gretzky said, you miss 100% of the shots you never take. Come on, JR. It's just, it's just so unfortunate because JR is, like, one of those mm-hmm. guys that I feel like no one really, other than people he's hurt, <laughs> has the bad things to say about him. Yeah. He's like, like he's a fun guy. Like you, you like watching him play. You never know what you're gonna get, especially back in those Nuggets days. Mm-hmm. Man, was that fun with Jr. But like <laughs> to come up in that situation, um, blank on the game scenario again. Like it's it's not the same thing as the I said they need to have some kind of action set up for for that final possession mm-hmm. when LeBron was eventually going to get doubled. It's not Tyrone Lue's fault this time, but Jr. Well, man. but here's the thing though. In that moment, like we gave Steve Kerr a little bit of like grief, uh, you know, Rockets game four, I think, right? When uh, Clay Thompson ends up getting stuck in the side, and there's that recognition of, oh, uh, we're a little bit stuck here. We don't really have a plan. This is when you need your coach to be able to to be in the ear of the ref and call that timeout, and like. Someone there should should have should have probably called called a timeout at that point when they recognize Jr. is going the wrong way when Jr. is not with it right now. You still got like two two seconds left. You can call a timeout, draw up a play. Uh, I mean, you know, you could draw it up either to LeBron or know that LeBron's going to take nine people, you know, nine people with him. I I think that you know the reason why you don't call a timeout there is because something like this could happen and and. I think that you missed the opportunity to to use it. So I, Jr. deserves a lot of the grief. I just think that, I mean, I don't know. I the Cavs put up a really great game. Think of all the great options they would have had if that timeout gets called. Yeah, you have a guy like Larry Nance who can go up and get almost any ball thrown at the rim. So I George, want, yeah. I'm not saying that you do this. I'm <laughs> if saying, it's wide open, I mean, I'm you saying know. that's the option you draw in the play. You have two not like pretty much knockdown shooters in J.R. Smith and Kyle Korver that are running like are both setting screens for LeBron. You want the ball in LeBron's hand. You want him taking the shot no matter what. But if they you know mess up a coverage and go three people at LeBron, you have Korver, J.R. and Larry Nance, two knockdown shooters and one guy who can finish anything thrown towards the rim. Kevin Love. With, well. I would, I would honestly have love passing the ball here. Oh, fair. That's fair. That's good. Because That's his, he's a good passer. His greatest skill in that kind of situation is not being able to get a shot off super quickly. It's doing a great pass and being able to see over anyone other than Kevin Durant on the inbounds. And I'm just like, man, that would have been a great opportunity. That would have been a really fun thing to watch. And 
it just yeah. didn't work out, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, it, I knew when that game went overtime that the Cavs were not going to be able to rebound. I, I hated it so much, but I just knew that was not going to work out. You could sense it coming. Like uh, the here's what I here's here's my take of the game. The Warriors, while they didn't play their best game, they didn't talk. They played a bad game. I mean, Steph Curry played phenomenally throughout the entire game. Honestly, he. Yeah, he, he was he was awesome. Draymond Green played probably about as well as you could have hoped. He made two three pointers. He shouldn't be taking any of them. He should be driving the hole each and every time. But he he made two of them. Right. He had a lot of rebounds, a lot of assists, five steals. Right. And Clay Thompson, oh, with the scare with with Jr. with him earlier on, man, I I thought, I don't know. I, I was really glad he was able to come back and play forty five minutes. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, forty five uh, minutes on a leg that wasn't looking. Yeah. Look, looking great based on just the contact that occurred. But, I mean, that's, that just shows, like, you know, these, these guys are amazing athletes. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm out. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Durant did not have a good game. He's probably – he's the warrior who didn't have the best game. He still ended up with 26 points. Um, the, the thing with him, though I – mean, well, anyways, I'll, I'll get to that point later. They played a decent – a pretty good game, and the Cavs are with them – all the way up until the, the Warriors went full Warriors, which was what we saw in the overtime period. And if those are the Warriors that show up for the entire game, there's no chance for Cleveland. Uh, but really unfortunate because Cleveland gave a really, really good effort. And this is like, if Cleveland's going to win, they can't be making a mistake like this to lose the game. And uh, if they like, and not saying that it can't be a series, like, you know, I, I said, Warriors and seven. So I, I think that, you know, Cleveland can get a couple of games, but these are the ones you can't lose if you want to win, if you're Cleveland. Yeah, no, this was, this is one of those games that like, you just come out and set the precedent of like, Hey, we're here. And you know what? It's just, it's just super sad, man. Like I was, I'm sitting there. I'm, I mean, like not a Cavs fan, a LeBron fan. And I like Gerald green. I said, Gerald green. You said Gerald green. Jeff Green. Yeah, I like Jeff Green. I like his story. You know, it's. I think mm-hmm. I've always been kind of sad that his his experiments never work out. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, like it's LeBron went fifty one points, an all time LeBron performance in the finals. Man, goes to the loss. It's crazy. You, and you couldn't utilize it. I mean, and it's just like that. That overtime period was was it. You know, it, we saw like we. I think everyone saw that coming. Once that game was overtime, mm-hmm. and just the emotional like. JR was checked out of the game. Like, I mean, even if he like, like once you make that mistake, you you're gonna lose confidence as a player. It doesn't matter who you are. Like, dang, I made the biggest mistake of the game right there. You know, Kevin Love had a bad shooting night from three. Anyway, he was he was doing really well. I thought he established himself early in that game with some of those um some yeah. of those bank shots, like the, the, just no hesitation, not trying to draw fouls, just getting to a spot that he can score. Um, I just. Man, I'm telling you, I'm just so disappointed, Richard. I, I was, I was so into this this Cavs team and how they were playing. And man. the thing is, you can like, I know people are saying, man, you can't look, you can't expect LeBron to keep doing this. I think he's gonna keep doing this. Like, I think he's gonna continue to get his forty to fifty points uh, each and every night. The problem is that you wasted a game where you actually got, you didn't get zeros from the rest like right. you know you know jr smith came up with 10 which is like that's not that much but you know, he's giving he's giving that george hill giving seven larry nance had a game like usually nance is just trash and so the fact that you got something from him uh, i mean it's not that they can't do it again it's just it's hard 
it's hard to keep bringing that. And while we expect the Warriors to win at home, you've got to get one. And this looked like the one. Yeah, I think Larry Nance can have a much better series against this Warriors team. You got to keep the ball out of his hands on offense in terms of unless you want him to finish because he clearly does not have the, the quick twitch brain muscle to pass and, and like do his thing off the dribble. And um, with that in mind, he, he has the ability just because of sheer size that the Warriors are going to have trouble with him like in terms of just – you know, containing him, keeping him off the boards. Like, it, it's just one of those things. He gets, he's, a, he's a matchup problem. That's why you saw McGee come in, who had a decent impact, oh, but yeah. a terrible, a terrible dunk attempt. Like, that was yeah. that was a fun few minutes. Mm-hmm. But you're going to force the Warriors to maybe z- z- zig a little bit when you, you play those big, those big fellas. Um, it's probably not enough for you to really gain a true advantage from it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so- I, it just it just it just came up came apart at the wrong time for them and it's just just it's just sad. The, the Warriors only turned the ball over seven times, and I thought if we were going to get a close game in Golden State, they would have had to have a big turnover game. And what mm-hmm. is actually giving me just a little bit of hope because if they didn't turn the ball over a super amount, and like no like they had they had the right they they had three of their their stars Green Curry and Thompson all have really solid games. Durant had a good game but not a great one for his standards. Like, he he played, I thought, relatively inconsistently. But the Warriors got what they're supposed to get. And it's it true. was still close. Yeah. Now, he, he, let me go back to my point on Durant. Like, Durant got, you know, he got his 26 points. He got nine, re, nine rebounds, six assists from Kevin Durant, right? So, he, three blocks. So, it's not, you know, you look at that, obviously, his shooting percentage from three and just the field wasn't that great. But – I don't know if I would expect to see him have tons of improvement. Not that he can't, not that he's a phenomenal player, but until Andre Iguodala comes back, he's the main guy tasked with guarding LeBron James, unless Steve Kerr switches it up a little bit. And, and you know, he may very, he might very well do that. He may say, Draymond, you're going to be our primary defender rather than Kevin Durant, which I think may be a, a good, good thing to do. But if, Andre Udall is not there. I think that you can expect Kevin Durant to get worked on the defensive end enough that you may see some of this, you know, some of these bad, this bad shooting uh, continue for him, even though he gets his 26, right? Uh, it may be a less efficient 26 than you would hope for if you're the Warriors. If I'm Kerr, I mean, Grant switching, it, it changes everything in terms of, of the matchups that come. But if, if, if I had a choice of who Durant would guard, I'd have him on Kevin Love because – well, I well, Kevin Love, like, oh, he, he's got the weight on him. He could post him up. But Kevin Durant's length is so good. Yeah. Like, I just remember last year's final. I was like, Love would make a great move, knock Durant off balance, and Durant just go, oh, here's my left hand. I stuck a strip in the air. You can't shoot over it. And I, I feel like that would enable him to not, not only not only um, play solid defense, not get worn down quite as much because mainly Love's going to be running from three-point corner, three-point uh, at the break you know, mid-range for a bit. Like, Draymond Green is going to defend Love well, but Love can shoot over him. Like, that is the thing. If Love's shooting well, it's going to be a good shot. Um, Kevin Durant, you're not shooting over him um, without a, without a, a move to go with it. And Kevin Love just doesn't have those kinds of moves. That's true. I, I, I would definitely switch and have Draymond Green, have him be the primary guy on um, on LeBron and have Kevin Durant slide on over to uh, to Kevin Love. And, I mean, with – Obviously, you have a switching, you can get whoever you want, but the Warriors did a pretty good job of trying to prevent that switching whenever it was Kevin Durant on him. Kevin Durant was fighting through a lot of those, which 
is you know really good on his part, but at the same time, like that wears you down. And yeah. if, if this it does become a longer series, um, you know, I I don't know, I could see it having an effect. I, I just think that Draymond would do better because you honestly don't need Draymond's offense. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe maybe you want him to get you know he racked up five steals, two blocks. You get that because you're able to roam a little bit, and you can't do that on LeBron. Uh, but who know who knows? Um, it'll be interesting to see see what they do. Anything different you do if you're if you're Ty Lue? I mean, I feel like you had the right game plan. Mm-hmm. Like they executed in regulation very well. I Can just. I, I can't really think of anything. I'd like to see George Hill like be a little bit more aggressive off the dribble because he has the size advantage against Curry. Mm-hmm. And like, there's enough good players. And Tristan Thompson has a, a you know quick drop off threat. He's got to get uh, better bursts, like quick like quick ups. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like he he has he takes too long to gather the ball, and that's always been a problem of his. But it, it's problematic when you watch these Warriors guys recover around him. Got two things that I may do a little bit differently if I'm Ty Lue. First one is I would play Jordan Clarkson a lot less. Uh, if sure. any minutes I give Jordan Clarkson are the ones LeBron James is off the court. If LeBron James is on the court, I want no part of Jordan Clarkson. Obviously, Jordan Clarkson's still going to get up 10 shots, but I'd rather him do that when, Le- when LeBron is unable to get any shots. So I would limit that. I would uh, instead play um, Chetty Osman. Yeah. I think that he would be a uh, you know a more willing passer, which is honestly just what what you'd just rather have than Jordan Clarkson in those LeBron minutes. And, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, in a catch and shoot situation, I feel like Osmond's just as good. Like I mean, yeah. I don't know if he's better because they're both not like amazing shooters. Well, I mean, Jordan Clarkson has been just awful the entire playoffs. So I would assume that most any I, Ante Zizic is probably better. So okay. <laughs> a little hyperbole there, but you know. Uh, so anyways, that's the first thing I do. I get Jordan Clarkson out of there. Second thing I do, and and maybe I'm forgetting about what the Warriors did to counter this, but right at the outset of the game, one of the things that they were doing is they got Steph Curry and uh, J.R. Smith, and they got J.R. Smith in the post, and J.R. Smith backed down Steph Curry, and they will you know make a couple of shots. I'd rather get Steph Curry, like you know. Make him work like that. Uh, maybe, maybe Kevin. Maybe sorry. Maybe Draymond came in a couple of times to double. Maybe, maybe that's what they did. And, and Jr. Smith not being the uh, you know playmaker, p- passing guy that, that you you know maybe, maybe he's not like that. And so maybe that was the issue. But maybe if you can get some other guys who get matched up with Steph Curry down in the post, maybe they can maybe they can do something. I don't know. Yeah, um, especially if Jeff Green's out there. I feel like Jeff Green's a guy who can do that to a smaller player. George Hill probably could too. Um, I, I don't. George Hill. I just. I don't know when when the he, I don't, he doesn't have a super tight dribble to me, and when when you're you got to make a quick decision, you're trying to back someone down. I don't like the idea of him doing something he's not done a lot in his career to try to make a quick dribble and pass. Like it's just it's just one of those things. If you don't play in the post. Your muscle memory is just not there for it. And I saw a couple of good JR possessions, um, and and maybe the Warriors countered it, and I'm forgetting. I think maybe they did. I think Draymond came over and got a tip, and then they were going the other way, and now they maybe just didn't go to it again. But I I just saw that a couple of times, and you know, if you can, if you can make Steph Curry work a little bit on the defensive end, like physically, not not with running because he can do that, with actually physically, you know, coming in contact with him, that's kind of the stuff that you need. 
to happen. Obviously, you can try to get the switch with LeBron. I mean, that, that would be the best thing that could possibly happen. But if you can't, some of those other ways where you can get him working might be good. And this is where the, the, the depressing state of Rodney Hood is so sad because mm. he's the kind of guy who could do that. You know, if because he's not a good defender, never has been. But if, if you just get him out there and have him play any kind of offensive role, like he, he he's shown so many flashes. Like, granted, like I always I still feel like he's been like one of those empty buckets guys. I had so much faith that that was going to change, but it never yeah. did. And he, he's been terrible ever since coming to Cleveland for the most part. Yeah. But he's the kind of guy who you can like because he was he would be he played power forward in college. He has that like subtle post game. Yeah, he's been a real disappointment. Uh, he was one of the guys that was excited about coming over uh, to to the Cavs at the deadline. But, yeah. Um, where in the street is, Andre Iguodala is doubtful for this upcoming game. He probably won't play. Uh, I don't think that the Warriors will play him probably unless they lose a game. Uh, or they'll – I mean, what's, what's the point if you keep winning? Uh, yeah, I mean, they – the thing is with the Warriors is all of their big guys got – over 45 minutes, all of them. Uh, the Cavs, not as much. And so, you know, theoretically, maybe they're a little bit more rested outside of LeBron, but LeBron's a monster and, you know, he does this thing. I, if you can get this series to go a few games, the lack of depth that the Warriors have, especially if Andre Godala does not come back, really, really could benefit the Cavs. The problem is you got to win some games. <laughs> Yeah, right. win some games at the beginning in order to make it go the make it go the distance. But and and I like the size that Cleveland is able yes. to throw at the Warriors, whether it be Love, Thompson, Nance, and Jeff Green. It's just all all those guys are a, a different level of physicality than most of the Warriors are ready for. Draymond Green's here for it. David West, he's here for it. He did not play very much or very well, I'd say, yeah. but. Um, Jordan Bell, I I liked I kind of liked what I saw, but again, he's he's kind of a liability on offense. Like you don't don't really know what to do with him. But I like the physicality the Cavs are able to play with, and that's like the one hope that if the series does go long, the Cavs might be able to squeak something out in terms of forcing, like you you predicted a game seven. You know, I think that's that's in the realm of possibility. As it like if the series goes six, I think it goes seven. It's one of those scenarios because the physicality is just going to be a lot. And let's see if LeBron can do it, man. Like I just don't know how a guy who is getting everything thrown at him is able to play the way he did. It's been it's been unreasonable how how awesome he's been. And uh, man, Cleveland. If if this is his last series in Cleveland, he he's really he's really put on a show for them. Um, Last question I have for you, Ethan. Then, then we gotta get going. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, which Warriors are we gonna see at Game Two? Do you think we're gonna see the Warriors that are locked in? Do you think we're gonna see the overtime Warriors or the regular season or like the, uh, um, I guess, regulation Warriors from from last night? Or do you think that we're going to see the regular season Warriors who just come out a little bit sloppy, a lot of turnovers, and and allow the Cavs to to you know squeeze in maybe a win? I hope we see regulation warriors because that that happened to be a really fun game to watch. Yeah. I don't care if they have a ten point lead at the end of the game. Like let's say overtime kicks in with five minutes to go instead. Right. Um, but I I think Cleveland is they they've dug a little something up in terms of slowing this team down because when you just look at like box score numbers, it's not like in, anyone other than Kevin Durant shot poorly. You know, 
Mm-hmm. And if I'm if I'm Cleveland, I'm like, hey, look, we played well enough defense that just because Kevin Durant wasn't making some of his impossible shots he takes, we were in the game. Yeah, you, you I like that because Curry can get can get cold and so can Clay, just as, as easy as they can have a great night like they did. Um, I'd say we see the, the third quarter. I'd say this game follows a similar phase this coming game. But I don't think the Golden State will surrender a fourth quarter lead like they mm-hmm. did in Game One. I gotcha. I think if they they have their third quarter, which has been the killer for every team that plays them, I think they expand upon the lead in the fourth. Maybe not by a wide margin, I, but I expect I expect them to take something in the, in the third. That's where the game is won and lost for the Warriors. But I I, I can't see them giving up a lead, a fourth quarter lead two games in a row. That just doesn't seem to make that doesn't make sense to me. I. I think that it plays out a, pretty similarly if the Warriors hit their shots. Here's the thing, like, come on, Looney, uh, Sean Livingston, Jordan Bell, like, those guys collectively missed two shots among them. And, you know, they ended up taking about 12 shots. They were 10 for 12, those those guys, the ones who got the bulk of the minutes. Um, the, you know, I don't know. I, I just I, I wonder if – I think that it's been a little bit overblown how how the Cavs don't have a chance and how how even because they lost in the fashion they did in game one that uh, it's just going to lead to a blowout in game two I think it's going to be close again and um I I hope I hope that the Cavs can win it I hope that they can Uh, I I want to see it go seven and I want a good series so that's my hope hope it's a close one and I hope the Cavs uh are able to pull out because it makes it a little bit more interesting yeah to what you're saying, last thought, uh, 51% from the field, 36% from three, 95% from the free throw line versus 44% for the Cavs from the field, 27 from three, and 72.7 from the free throw line. If I just throw those stats out at you, there's no way you thought, thought this game was close. The mm-hmm. offensive rebounds clearly play the big role in making up the disparity there. But, like, can the if Warriors can't shoot that good, can the Cavs shoot a little better? Mm-hmm. difference in the game you know it's it's gonna be close and i just want to say with the last thing is i'm i'm done with draymond green i've, I've been for a while <laughs> but man am i done with that guy he's complaining about getting a foul call when he pokes lebron in the eye and he knows he did it like i just don't get it i i, I don't understand that concept he's acting he's doing cheerleader signs to mock kendrick perkins who i mean didn't play so i guess that's why you're doing it but man like i i feel confident saying this I would tell Draymond Green to his face that he is annoying and not the reason for the Warriors' success. And I would take the consequences of a 6'6 athletic man just destroying me physically after that. I'll take the consequences because I will say that to his face. He's he's the worst. Well, you heard it. I, he played good. He played, 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 played well. He played perfectly fine. He's the worst. <laughs> oh, he's man. The worst. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, with, with that, let's go to our anti-hero ball moment of the week. And it can be none other than J.R. Smith. 